Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. This week on the Sinistream Club, Tom Cruise meets a man who sleeps 300 yards away from 4,000 Cubans that are trained to kill him. It's, a, it's so bad. It's a few good men. Why didn't I just do You Can't Handle the Truth? I don't know. Anyway, I've got the guys on the line here. Time to dial them into the room. Andrea, is that you coming into my chambers? Ed, is that you? Ed and Dre! The door Welcome is open. My... I'm so sorry. I'm here to report a crime <laughs> against cinema. Welcome to the courtroom of Trevor Brown. <laughs> you know? But you know what? Uh, anytime I'm with you two uh, on a podcast or if we're walking down the street, I always say, there's a few good friends. And... <laughs> <they're>... <laughs> and uh, as a little segue, it just so happens we're going to be talking about... A film called A Few Good Men. So, um, <laughs> totally so organic, sort of, wonderful stuff. I was sort of reel that one back in without yeah. having to do it in, a, in, a, in, in the edit. <laughs> now, I have a few uh, issues right off the bat. A Few Good Men, come off on. Off Tom Cruise's bat that he carries around the film for, for 70% of the movie. Tom Cruise's <laughs> drunkenly swinging bat. A Few Good Men, come on. What is this? 1992, yeah. A Few Good People... Anyone? Yeah, come on. You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands, ask him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. All those having business with this general court-martial, stand forward and you shall be heard. The facts of the case are these. On midnight of September 6, the accused entered the barracks room of their platoon mate. They woke him up, tied his arms and legs with tape, forced a rag into his throat. A few minutes later, a chemical reaction caused his lungs to begin bleeding. He drowned in his own blood and was pronounced dead at 37 minutes past midnight. Do you think Santiago was murdered? Ivan Santiago is dead, and that is a tragedy. But he is dead because he had no code. He is dead because he had no honor. In the heart of the nation's capital, in a courthouse of the United States government, one man will stop at nothing to keep his honor, and one will stop at nothing to find the truth. We always kick off this um, podcast with talking about, you know, what does the film mean to you? I I didn't actually have much notes for this myself because Mm. I kind of watched this film when I was a little bit older. I was getting into, a lot of people got into Aaron Sorkin via The West Wing. I went in a different route via Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. (laughs) That That was my first dip into Aaron Sorkin because I was starting to get into comedy a little bit like it was way before i was into like actually actually writing anything or or performing but i was thinking about it and the whole concept of like the workings behind a tv show and i i loved snl we didn't get it over here it was before 
you know, we had YouTube and stuff. But yeah, no, look, I, I, I got into um, Aaron Sorkin via Studio 60 and then I got into The West Wing. But this was the first Aaron Sorkin movie that I watched, but purely because of those other, sh- those other um, TV shows. So you watched this after Sunset? Yeah. Because I, I watched a few episodes of that and that was... That was a good few years ago, wasn't it? That 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 show was cancelled after yeah. a season or something. It it was yeah, kind of like it, it was like Thirty Rock, in the sense that it was yeah. Except it wasn't except funny. It wasn't funny. <laughs> but it yeah. was it was kind of yeah. strangely compelling. The the Sorkin style is something that is kind of weirdly, I wouldn't say a misnomer, but upon rewatching this, it. And sorry to sorry to step on your memories, Trev. Um, hey, no worries. It's very, very. It's like when when you do something really, really well, you kind of don't notice it's 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 been done at all. And that yeah. I think applies to Aaron Sorkin's writing. His writing is so precise, and it moves at such a pace. Because when I started A Few Good Men, I was like, Jesus, this movie's like two hours and eighteen minutes. I didn't realize. I don't remember it yeah. being that long, and I've seen it a few times over the years, but it just moves, and it's not showy. Like he's the master at writing really great dialogue, but it's not like a Tarantino or you know a Coen yeah. Brothers or something. It's not. It doesn't sort of draw attention to itself at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good show because Tarantino. Um, he's this. He's a similar zippy style with dialogue, but. He's always kind of shown his hand, you know. It's very, yeah. it's very, very showy. Look at me, I'm I'm um, writing great dialogue for a fantastic movie that I'm making. Yeah, I'm uber intelligent, yeah. and all my characters are a reflection of my intelligence. Where Sorkin, he raises above that, and his dialogue is it's like a tennis match. It's a rally. It's it's just back yeah. and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and forth, and it's a nice cadence to it. Um, so yeah, no, there is. It's like it's like when you hear uh, you know a Bob Dylan song or a, or a David Bowie song. There's a style, and you just know who it is. Even if you don't know the song, you know who the artist is. Yeah. And Sorkin has that. Like I watched, like most of his films, I watched because it's like an Aaron Sorkin movie. But Molly's Game, I wa- I was watching it because it just showed up in my my Netflix timeline, mm. and that film kind of passed me by. I didn't really see it when it was in the Same, cinema. I didn't yeah. even I I missed it like. But I didn't know that Aaron Sorkin wrote the movie when I hit play in Netflix. And like, like within like two or three minutes, I'm like, wait, 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 hang on a minute. And I hit pause. I'm like, fuck yeah, there he is, Sorkin. Because he's talking in equations and he's talking and it's all numbers, numbers, numbers. And he directed it as well, did he? And he yeah, directed yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and look, that's a decent film as well. But look, obviously we're here to talk about a few good men. When, when I first saw it, I just remember being totally captivated by it. And I, I, I like the you can't handle the truth is just one of those lines that we can talk about the lexicon later but it's one of those lines that transcends the movie it's not even like if you never saw a few good men you'll just know that scene it's just ingrained in people's brains so i knew that about the movie and even though that's the climax of the film yeah i just i loved it and it it reminded me when i was when i was about 16 i was sick and you know you know when you're in the, the perfect sweet spot of being sick where you get to be home from school but you're not too sick that you feel terrible. Yeah. But you're sick enough that you're just a bit tired, so you can lie in bed and watch yeah. a film. And it's you, just, yeah, it's just you a, can still you can yeah. still enjoy things. Sick. You can still enjoy yeah. things. Yeah. So I was lying on the bed, and I there was like a, 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 a channel four like mid midday matinee was on, and it was witness for the prosecution, and 
it's just it's a it's a it's a Billy Wilder Wilder movie, oh, yeah. um, brilliant brilliant courtroom drama, and it, it it it's so it's so like a few good men because because like no matter how complicated it gets, it, it's always just it's 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 the emotion of the characters, it's the passion, and that's the stuff that carries the movie, and everything's kind of like even though the trial is complex, it's very much like not dumbed down, but it's just true layman, and it's just yeah. and it's. The exposition is just, it just kind of comes out through the dialogue. It's not, it's not like a, we talked about, I mentioned Nolan, like Nolan is like the worst guy for exposition. Like yeah, he, yeah. You always know when character A is going to just say something where he's speaking to the, the people in, in the in the theatre to let them know what's happening. Sorkin doesn't do that. It just kind of oozes out of the dialogue and you don't even know you're being hit with, with exposition. So he's got a good kind of sleight of hand with that, you know, with, with, with regard to exposition. But yeah, it reminded me of Witness for the Persecution, and it just look. I I I really like. It. Spoiler alert for the podcast, but I really really like this film. Um, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I uh, the other thing that I'll say about it is when I was watching the film uh, as a young teenager, I remember watching them getting ready for the trial and thinking, whatever, whatever I do with my life, whether I end up in an office job or writing or whatever whatever the hell i end up doing i hope i, I wa- end up being a good man <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i want to be a good man I, and I wa- be around a few of them <laughs> i want to own a baseball um, bat <laughs> i want to own a baseball That's bat the secret and lots of, of military outfits thinking yeah. while holding a baseball the, bat yeah just join the ymca you know um but no i i i just thought like i want to be in a job that i love to the point where I want to stay up all night talking about it, eating Chinese food, getting pizza. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it's the ultimate like let's get takeout and work through the night type movie. Yeah. It's like I, w- I want to feel that passionate about something uh, about, yeah, about what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it. That's the, that's the only emotion. And, I, and I, when I was watching it again last night, it just it triggered those emotions again. Because and <laughs> when we were when we were watching it halfway through, when they were getting um, when uh, Kevin Pollock was like, "Oh, do they have Kung Pao chicken?" At that point, I was I turned to Paul. I'm like. Oh, let's order a Massaman. I'm fucking starving. <laughs> so we, got, we, we ordered a Chinese as we were watching it and then ate it as we were watching yeah, it. So yeah. we, had, we had an all-nighter watching this movie. <laughs> you know, getting ready for the podcast tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to say this, then I'm going to say this to Ed, and then... Trev's on done deal. The Chinese, did you, Trev, did you ask <laughs> yeah, yeah. for those little white boxes that they have in American movies? Yeah, 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 Chinese? yeah. 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 None of that tin, those, those roll tinfoil box shite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking at you, Toyomi. I want a five and uh, one, yeah. and I want it in a tiny white box <laughs> with chopsticks. I don't care if it won't fit. Yeah. You make it fit. That's your job, Chinese man. <laughs> yeah, Sir, yeah. I'm not Chinese. Yeah. I just work here, <laughs> and I'm going to eat it with my tie over my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrea, I'll, I'll start with you. When did you see this? And um, what memories do you have? <laughs> a couple of days ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. My oh, really? the first time I saw this film, it was twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was it was twelve degrees outside. I remember that because it's the hottest it's been <laughs> um, this year, and it was two days ago. A lovely Friday night in, and <laughs> when it started, I was like, I have seen this film. I have seen this film, and I was waiting for Robert De Niro. But I, the film that I had seen was Men of Honor. Oh yes, oh. the title. The title also is a Cuba very Junior. similar, yeah, yeah. and Cuba Gooding Junior. Has, is has it. men so in the like, title? Yeah, 
yeah. And is 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 part of that in a courtroom too? <laughs> or uh, yeah, yeah, I think it so. Is, yeah. It, it is, is yeah. isn't it? It's like deep, so they do like, something wrong. It's deep sea and diving, isn't it? And he does he does some deep yeah, sea dives, and, and shallow dives or something, and something explodes. Discrimination and stuff yeah. like that. And anyway. I hadn't seen the film ever before. But so, Andrea, did you did you do uh, a, a Dre's plot based on what you <laughs> thought the movie was going? What was going to happen <laughs> in the movie? Did you do a predictive oh, plot? I didn't. I didn't do much. Um, I just wrote. Oh wait, well, let, let, no matter what you write, it always deserves an introduction. So, everybody, this is Andrea's review from memory. Well, review from never seeing the film before. <laughs> From this is, fake memory. <laughs> what I think the film is based on, based on the "you can't handle the truth" scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that which yeah. is the last, the very last scene of the movie. So you're like, right, that's the last. Yeah, it's like yeah. hearing the punchline through a what joke. What do I think going, it's yeah. right, What's the rest of that joke? <laughs> yeah. My memories have gone with the wind. <laughs> yeah. From frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I realise? When I write stuff, sometimes when I read it back and I say it out loud, I, I remember writing it in the moment and thinking, this is perfectly fine. And then when I read it back, it sounds like I'm reading back something I wrote when I was nine. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I wrote, it's about people lying in the Navy and being held accountable for lying. Moral of the story, no lying in Navy. <laughs> If only, if only lying was the only crime that was committed, yeah. it'd be much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be much softer. <laughs> Always be telling the truth. Tom Cruise drags a lot of military men into court and begs them all to tell the truth <laughs> until Jack Nicholson just can't handle it anymore and tells him that he can't handle him telling him the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you want the truth? You want the truth? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was Sorkin's first draft of that scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you, Ed? What, 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 what? Where does it bring you back to? Oh, a few good men. You know, uh, <laughs> a few good men and Men of Honor are both movies that are th- those rare thing movies that don't have to change their title for the gay porn parody. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we should bear that in mind. I, I, I remember seeing it in. On video, I didn't see it in the cinema. I saw it on video or something, and I was I wasn't mm. aware of. Obviously, this was Aaron Sorkin's first movie uh, based on a play that he wrote. I didn't know it was a play mm. until afterwards, yeah. until later on. But yeah. I was probably around sixteen, seventeen when I saw this, and I was in my completely obnoxious. I'm a film nerd, cinephile. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah. more than you, and I think I watched. The Jack Nicholson scenes, especially, because yeah. they're just a kind of a masterclass in screen acting, and not and yeah. not so much the 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 scene that stuck with me is not the final scene, which you know obviously has been parodied and done to death. But the scene where they go to, uh, it's Nicholson's second scene, where himself and Demi Moore show up in their whites. Oh, and and Kevin Pollock. And they have lunch at Guant- Guantanamo Bay. Great scene. For me, that's like the the best scene in the movie. Because, you know, at the end of it, it there's a lot at stake. And you're kind of, it, it's all hinging on, on Tom Cruise's character getting Jack Nicholson's character to admit that he ordered the code red. So it's like, you're thinking about that. 
But that scene, the lunch scene, it's like a lovely kind of like you were saying before, Trev. The te- the, it's like a tennis match back and forth, and they're yeah. they're yeah. both kind of feeling each other out and poking poking around. And then Nicholson is trying to goad Demi Moore's character by doing that whole. Once you get a blowjob yeah. from your superior commanding officer, yeah. yeah, it's only it's only line that I thought like. When, when he was saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you'd have to cut that for today's audience. But, no. but then it, it shows how much of a horrible asshole, sexist pig that he is. So yeah. you, you wouldn't cut it because it just, it, it's aligned with the character. Yeah. And, but yeah, yeah and uh, so for me, it was like, I, I was in a big kind of, I remember I used to watch like the Untouchables to watch that, mm. you know, enthusiasms uh, scene with the baseball bat. I used to just love watching the, these big ass um, movie scenes, I used to kind of eat those up. So I think mm-hmm. I, I I rewatched it a few times, but I hadn't seen it in, in a long time before watching it yeah. like a, a couple of nights ago. But yeah, it was it was one of those movies where it was like, you know, good classic acting movies. It's very old fashioned. Yeah, and I like yeah, that's yeah. what I really like about it. Still, it's it is kind of. It could be set in the 90s, which it is, obviously, but it could be set in the 60s or 70s or something. There's not mm. there's not a lot in yeah. it that, that dates it that much. Yeah. And like the, the sexism is kind of it's timeless, it's timeless, it's timeless. <laughs> it, it's only really coming from from Jack Nicholson's character. And he is a kind of a deplorable character. But yeah, at the same time, you know, a few good men. The title comes from the Marine slogan, which they changed uh, to like the few, the the bold, the brave or whatever. They changed it uh, years later. But, you know, it was very, very, you know, male centric as yeah. I'm sure the army is less so now, but there still is a bit of that now. But at, at the same time, uh, yeah, certainly back then. But that scene kind of shows shows the reality of it. Like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't cut that scene at all. Exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's why I mentioned Witness for the Prosecution earlier on when you were speaking, because A Few Good Men, it could, it could have been made in the feckin' 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or, or, or yesterday. Yeah. And it's still, you wouldn't have to touch, change a thing, um, like, both from... 95% of, of what's said in the movie to 100% of like the techniques used and how it was shot and how it looks and feels. It's great. Mm. Like it's, it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I No, it, it is. It, it, timeless is definitely the word there. For, hey, today is, okay, I don't know when this podcast will go out, but we're recording it on, hey, movie night, Oscar night. It's the World Cup of Films. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> the World Cup of yeah. Films. So, yes. In our own uh, Cinestream Awards, the Back Alley Oscars, as we call them, for your consideration, what would what would we put forward? I I have a couple of things. Um, yeah. There's so much to 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 kind of unpack with this film. Um, I, it's actually hard to almost make notes on, but I just have Nicholson and Cruz at their most. Nicholson and Cruz, <laughs> like it's like yeah. Yeah. it's it's them to the nth degree of like this. I think is where Cruz kind of elevated into being like from a kind of a pop movie star to be in, to be actually considered as a, as a, as a strong actor. Now there was a couple of scenes where he was pushing it a bit far, like when he was, yeah. and I always, I think I've said that on another podcast, that whole drunken scene when he comes in, like I'm drunk. And he's like, yeah. he does the big, 
what do we got for Johnny? Like that whole he he that whole is, monologue. He is the worst drunk actor, I think. Oh, of all time, top of the pops. Yeah, he, <laughs> top of the pops. He, he only ever has one kind of drunken acting style, which is to get really angry and stuff. It's like he d- yeah. he doesn't understand yeah. the you know the the depression and self loathing that can come with uh, excessive alcohol consumption, <laughs> and it's really yeah. it's yeah. A, it's almost does like, he drink in real life? That's what I was thinking, I Dre. I don't know, like yeah, he acts like a guy who's never had a drink. Yeah, he's never had a beer. That's what he acts like. Yeah, are Scientologists allowed to drink? They're probably encouraged to act drunk, just as he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that they can, it's 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 all about information gathering. If you can be the the best Scientologists, I'd say, need to be sober, but always listening, always <laughs> gathering information. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I learned from that Louis Through documentary. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. T- top <laughs> notch Tom Cruise. And and Nicholson, but yeah, the, the the there was part of me when I was watching it, thinking because the like the last few movies I've seen Tom Cruise in have been, you know, action movies. They've probably been like uh, Mission yeah. Impossible's or or some of those movies. And I was watching this, going, God, it's a shame he doesn't act anymore. You know, it's a shame. I, I had he, the same thoughts. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. do like a Magnolia or a, like a yeah like this like a, a well written. Well acted, yeah. Like, one of the Fourth of July or something like that. He, like, he, yeah, he did a yeah. movie with um, Meryl Streep, Medal Medal Streep, and Robert Redford Metal. called Lions for Lambs, which was this kind of political oh, yeah. movie. It wasn't very good, but was that like in like I'm, I'm going to guess 2016? Yeah, it was. A, it was. I think it was before then. Actually, I think it was probably earlier. But I, I think that was the, that was one of the last times I remember him doing something. Now, like he's made good. Oh, two thousand and seven. You're right. Yeah, way back. Yeah, Lions for Lambs is two thousand and seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Jesus. I think we were, I think that was, was the last time that he was room. just making a move, talking to other characters, kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. he doesn't really do that anymore. And he's you know he's good at like he's good at being a movie star, but now oh, yeah. he just yeah. he just makes action. It's like he kind of, it's almost like he kind of was like, oh fuck it. I've tried my best to, you know, win an Oscar. I've I've worked with Scorsese. I've worked with Rob Reiner. I've worked, you know, acted toe to toe with Jack Nicholson here. Yeah, and I can't get nothing. Yeah, so now he just has it. to stay. You now he just has to stay alive to get the Lifetime Achievement yeah. Award. That's all he needs to do. <laughs> but it's almost like he's like he's he's depressed and he's trying to he's trying to uh, kill himself uh, by doing a stunt in a Mission Impossible movie. It's like one of these stunts, one of these days, is going to fucking end up with me dead yeah. <laughs> splattered yeah, yeah. against the side of a mountain so if i just yeah. keep going i'll die no one would give me an oscar <laughs> yeah. yeah i when when uh, when i was saying that about nicholson and, and cruz being at their most nicholson cruz I, I just was laughing at one point watching the movie last night like i was having a few hey i was having a few brewskis when i was watching it but at one point when when like uh, it, it was the the lunch scene when cruz was asking nicholson for the release forms or whatever yeah, um, and Nicholas like you have to ask me nicely. All I was thinking was uh, <laughs> in my head, it was just Tom Cruise saying, "Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise," and Nicholson go, "Nicholson, Nicholson, Nicholson." It was just like, I was, I was just, it's like I was just like that's what I had in my head, but it, it was just a ridiculous thought there. But the other thing I have is it's the ultimate Tom Cruise talk fast movie 
because like this thing about it's kind of a trope in movies where whenever the team have to get together like the lead kind of alpha in the group will kind of go okay this is what we need to do i want you to do this i want you to do that i want to i want this i want that and it's like sorkin had a bit of a like meltdown or something or couldn't think of good dialogue because <laughs> at the bit where Cruz decides to take the case where he stands up at the pre-trial and says these men are not guilty and then they're walking off and Demi is like so you're taking the case and he goes we'll work out of my apartment at 7 o'clock Joe before you come over tonight pick up a card of legal pads half dozen box of bl- half dozen black box pens of red hey pens. Sam get a couple of desk lamps it's like what <laughs> like this is a man having a mental breakdown I'm a lawyer I want I want boxes <laughs> yeah. of pens and lamps sent to my apartment <laughs> go to Ikea get some fat packs uh, plant some trees in the garden can I get a suit a blue suit stripy suit yeah that's that's the one I want Calvin Klein boxers but I want the I want the V ones not the actual briefs i want the ones that let my make my crash look big and then we're ready to go to court it's like what the fuck is he talking about and kevin pollock's got a face and i'm like where the fuck am i supposed to get desk lamps at this hour yeah, yeah. in washington dc yeah yeah that's even, beyond this even open on a sunday like yeah what the fuck like but yeah, yeah. Th- like that's a classic trope to show how how smart and how quick and how sharp and how and you know the the wheels are the cogs in his brain are moving at such a lightning pace you you can't such an keep ira- up. such an irrational speed <laughs> yeah he he already um, he already has you buying desk lamps <laughs> yeah and i did like the, the other thing i like it's the best <laughs> movie where in these military movies um there's always this, it's another movie trope where when you're going to say something disrespectful to somebody who's more senior than you that movie trope of saying well, I don't know about that, sir. I think you're a big scallywag with a big pointy nose, and I think you're an ugly face, sir. <laughs> when they, when they <laughs> yeah, say yeah. sir at the end of the sentence. Yeah. And I know the guy who's um, up for trial, one of the two guys, he, you know, the, the one that actually speaks in, in the movie, uh, he is one of those things where, when you know, Cruz is obviously an officer. He's more senior than, than, than that guy. He's a lieutenant. And he basically calls him a wimp and a coward, but he ends it by saying, sir, which it's the best version of one of those kind of statements I've ever seen in, yeah, in, yeah. in, in, in a movie. And um, what about what about you guys, Ed? I'll start with you this time. What would you put forward to the um, Sinistream back, back alley Ox? God, <laughs> back alley yeah, Oscars. The, the, there's, more, there's more sirs in this movie than at the Queen's Honours. There is. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's the drinking game, I think. It has to be. Or you'd be dead. I think yeah. there, there, there's more sirs than fucks in a Scorsese movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or fucks in, a, in the commitments. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Imagine if you, yeah, if you replace replace the commitments with sir instead of fuck, that's a different film. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Col- yeah. plays Jack Nicholson's part. <laughs> <laughs> you want me on the wall? I want to be on the wall. Give us a gun. I'll be on the wall. <laughs> You know, you can't handle me, Lois, right? You have to, you have to bleed and ask me nicely, you little fucking bollocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ask no questions and I'll tell you no lies. What the fuck's <laughs> going on here today? The, the heat here in Guantanamo Bay is fucking... I was in Casa del Sol one time, but this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started off on a factor 50. I'm down to a factor 7 on me back at the minute now. I'm getting those bronze. <laughs> bronze shoulders. That's what they call me here. Sergeant Bronze Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> what have i got I've, I've 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 got a i've got a serious one and a silly one for okay. for your consideration 
Well, it's not silly, but it's like Demi Moore's hair um, is fantastic. Mm. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know who styled it. It's like she's got like long, short hair. And there's a scene yeah. where there's just like one strand of hair kind of like hanging off the top of her head. Mm. Um, I just like I think Demi, both Demi Moore and Tom Cruise are at like peak, uh, you know, sexiness. Yeah. In in this movie. And actually, this movie came out. In, this is a 1992 movie, the same year as our last Cinestream um, movie, Aladdin. Oh, and yeah. they based yeah, Aladdin on Tom Cruise. So they based Aladdin on this Tom Cruise in this movie. So, oh yeah, D- Demi Moore's hair. I actually think Demi Moore is quite quite good in the movie. Um, she is. And I and I don't normally. It's like to be honest. It's been a long time since I've even seen a Demi Moore movie, old or new. I don't think she really makes movies anymore. Hey, join the club. But um, what, what club is that, Trev? The club of the rest of the world. She's she, she, <laughs> she's not in a lot of movies these days. <laughs> Wasn't that obvious from my joke? <laughs> she's she's been she's been quarantining with uh, Bruce Willis actually yeah. during the pandemic. Strangely enough. <laughs> And their, really? their, their, yeah, and, and their kids, Cause, yeah, because they're 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 mates. They get on. They've got kids. Yeah, together, yeah. So they have to be true, mates. true. She's uh, an underrated for, actress, though. Um, I I, do, I think Demi Moore like is a, a great actor. Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Kiefer Sutherland is fantastic in this movie. He yeah. doesn't have he yeah. doesn't have a lot of scenes, but he's really good. He's fucking intense as fuck. He's yeah, so he intense. Yeah, I love him. He's so intense. Initially, when he came on screen, I just went, God, his ears are weird. Yeah. Um, he's got really weird ears. But then after like a, a couple of minutes, I just kind of forgot about that because he delivers an intensity. But he's great. Yeah. And he's got he's got one of the best lines in the movie, because when he said it, I went, oh, that's where I've heard that line from. I love you, Navy, Navy boys. Whenever we have to go fight. Uh, someone yeah. you always give us a lift and, and I think I've heard that repeated in other movies I think that's been said or a variation of that line has been said but I was thinking oh, that's obviously where it came from and people just stole it that's probably one of the best lines in the movie uh, but then he yeah. goes like and then he says stuff like uh, Santiago you know he is dead and that is a shame but he died because he had no code because he had no honour I'm like dude you're standing in the dead man's room and he like he just seems like a scary, fucking brainwashed uh, military dude. He's he's got a he's got a level of intensity that's that's really really good. Him and yeah, Nicholson, I think, are, are are on a par there for like intense military men. The back alley Oscars, I have longest, embarrassingly long, gun flipping scene at the very start. <laughs> I was uncomfortable (laughs) because they're they are just fucking these guns around, banging them off the ground, and I'm like, surely some of them are loaded. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same. Are they loaded? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. are they loaded? And what is probably the point of of that? 
What's the point of the gun dance? It's the show. Yeah. The, da- the very dangerous gun dance. Does that yeah. ever come up in in combat? Are they faced with like a line of soldiers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, right, do your do the gun spinning thing. Let's let's dazzle it's, them, navy boys. <laughs> it's like it's like horses doing it's a gun uh, dressage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dressage. Yeah, yeah. Dressage at the Olympics. Yeah. Oh no, no, you can jump the hurdles and race really fast. <laughs> Our horses can dance <laughs> <laughs> there, there, that um that scene dre i found the one jarring thing was as the camera pans across all the lads flipping their guns um it's at that point demi moore's character kind of walks into shot she enters, enters yes. and starts talking yeah, but it was so obvious it, that yeah. but like and it's obvious that she's meant to be just walking past them and it's like she cuts into shot and she's in in mid-flow talking but it's so obvious that she's been that she was standing at the end and like somebody <laughs> yeah, went, yeah. oh okay Demi go now <laughs> okay the last lad flipped his gun go on walk like she was so, like she was so obviously like completely like just static and mobile like you know standing there and then yeah. somebody told her to walk so the camera kind of got to her too quickly or something so that was a bit weird at the start of the film but yeah the, the gun dance did go on for a long typical 90s um extra long intro <laughs> you know yeah yeah anything else Best fright and sinister music when Markinson gets into the back of Tom's car and gives him a fright. Yeah, yeah. That's good fright acting. Yeah, best overacting uh, for a fright from Tom Cruise. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You almost gave me a heart attack. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And then my last one is is just kind of what Ed said is Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, best Southern bad man. Yeah. And he... Mm. He made a time to kill a few years later. Yes. He's basically playing the same character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, le- with it's less badges. The same guy. B- it's like he he, le- yeah. he left the military and went home. He yeah. He yeah. took the uniform off to reveal the Nazi tattoos. Yeah. That's yeah. and the Confederate <laughs> tattoos. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. But he's very good at playing the Southern bad man. He is. I uh, love I love Kiefer Sutherland for, for a Canadian. <laughs> for a Canadian. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Cutting room floor. What scene, actor theme didn't work? Um, like, there's a few little bits. Like, I, I had, I had the Aunt Ginny set up. So, oh yeah, <laughs> like that that whole like. So the the guy was talking about his Aunt Ginny, and she, but like, and then she arrives, and then there's the whole line where he says, "You know, I thought you'd be younger," and she said, "I thought you'd be older," and that's meant to be a bit of a laugh, a bit of a cheap laugh. Yeah, um, yeah. Now she, she actually. Um, that was Rob Reiner's sister-in-law that showed up for the day and did that part. Hollywood um, nepotism. Little Trev's trivia. Yeah, they, the Reiner family, they, they're known for it. They keep it in-house. But yeah, th- 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 that's something that I cut. The, Tom Cruise eating the apple in the first scene with Demi Moore. He comes into the her office and he's, he's <laughs> yeah, munching on this yeah. apple. And it, it distracted me. And I, I, I kind of get it. I think like, if somebody, if a character is eating something in an important meeting, then it just yeah. shows that you're being disrespectful. And I can imagine Cruz probably had that idea to like, and this isn't research, I'm just kind of speculating, like, you know, what if I eat an apple? That will show that I'm kind of like not giving her my full attention or something. Yeah, I wrote, I yeah. wrote that down in my notes. I said, it's a power play. The apple it's eating a is a power play. It is, Also, yeah. in that same scene, he can't remember her name, yeah. even though she's wearing a name badge. <laughs> that says Joanne yeah. Galloway, you know, it says her name on her fucking name badge. Yeah, so it's like yeah. he's he's doing he's doing it on purpose, you know, because he's got yeah. 
he's got the lawman's brain. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. he he knows how many books you need. He knows how many desk lamps you need. Yeah, to how prepare many for dozen a trial. black pens you need for exactly. a, for a, you know what yeah, kind of underwear. I, I he knows all of that stuff. <laughs> and I noticed on the scene in that scene, there was like stains on his shirt, and I'm thinking, is it sweat from the the the, the lights on set? Or is it stains from the apple juice? Because maybe he ate like twenty apples <laughs> that day or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. For that, and scene, then yeah. I, I I have the music as well. Like I gotta have the music as like yeah. kind of terrible but kind of brilliant at the same time. I don't know. Like like it's it's fine for its era, but it, it's that whole like. Do you know? Do you know what I'll say about the music, Trev? For me, um, I always notice when the music came in yeah and that's probably a bad thing yeah i think you know maybe in some ways it was used for effect but there didn't appear to be a lot of music in the movie because there's yeah. you know there's a lot of scenes that are just people talking like the final scene i think there's a bit of music when they're taking jack nicholson's character away mm. but but whenever it came in it was yeah this kind of ominous sort of yeah very kind of synthy like a synthy orchestra, it's it sounded it, it sounded a bit dated, but also it was a bit too noticeable or something. I think it's it's like yeah. the opposite of a Hans Zimmer score that just kind of blends in with the visuals. This was like, yeah. here is the music now. <laughs> yeah, um, I would cut. Um, oh yeah, go on. The, there's a couple of scenes in the movie, and it's a like it doesn't feel like a long movie, but it is over two hours. It's like two. I think it's like two fifteen, yeah. and then the credits start to come in yeah um after that big the end in big like it's <laughs> like it's gone with the wind or something i'd cut that i'd cut that yeah i i would l maybe just have it fade out or maybe it needs a it needs an extra kind of scene afterwards i think that was very much the way obviously a play ends you know this is the end of this yeah. scene everyone leaves the room and then the curtains close yeah but in this and case it's like and scene like it's like if they did it as a play, if only we could have a big the end on the curtains when the curtains close. But <laughs> yeah. the, there's again another trope. It's a weird trope that you see in in lots of movies and TV shows. Is the old black newsstand guy? Oh God! There's like yeah. there's like Jesus. two or three scenes where he Tom Cruise's character buys a magazine off this this old black dude, and they have this back and forth where they're just talking like. A Rolling Stone gathers no moss. And he's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You can, All that kind of yeah, shit. You yeah. can say that again. Mm. And yeah. then he says, you can say that again. And what annoyed me about that, those scenes were that they led absolutely nowhere. Like, I was thinking when it happened the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a bit of an old trope. And then he goes back to him yeah. again. And I was like, oh, this guy again. And I thought for some reason, because I'd kind of forgotten the sort of the ins and outs and how he kind of, you know, figures out how to win the case. I thought he was going to have one of those back and forths and he would have been like, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And Tom Cruise would have went, you know, a bird in the hand, hand, <laughs> hand, 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 hangers, hands. hang, hangers, hang, <laughs> murder, murder. You know, and the he, murderer had a bird in his hands. <laughs> yeah. And he, <laughs> and, and he would have figured out the, the case of the bird murderer. Yeah. Um, see, the yeah. the bird was the murder weapon, but <laughs> but that didn't happen. It was just no. like, and I was like, those I scenes, the same, those yeah. scenes I, have I, I nothing to do with. I thought he'd buy a newspaper with... and open it, and it would say yeah. something like, 
the murderer was this guy. Exactly. <laughs> or he would have gotten yeah. some kind of clue from it. Like, you could cut all of those scenes and it would not affect yeah. the rest of the movie and it would make the movie shorter. So I, I'd cut all those scenes. That's a good shout. That's actually a great shout. I, I, yeah. I, I do the same. Yeah. Um, Dre, what about you? What are you, what are you I, cutting? I think there were a lot... There were a lot of sports references throughout the film, um, obviously from, I was going to say Tom Hanks, but from Tom Cruise. <laughs> we, haven't got, we haven't gotten to that category yet. Yeah. We haven't gotten to that point Which yet. Which is a big Sorkin but thing. He likes to do that. Did, did you see at the start of the film where, I think it's when Demi Moore comes to see him and he's playing baseball, right? Mm. Softball. Whatever he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Softball. softball. But that's, yeah. that ain't no softball because... He's playing with a steel baseball yeah. bat. Have you ever hit one of the, hit a ball? With one yeah, of them? it's really painful. It's really yeah, yeah. painful, and he gives it a Ka-ding. wallop and and like the noise of it, and he just continues on having his little jibes at the flipping at poor Demi. Yeah, but um, I he did kind of ref. I thought that he was going to use more sports analogies or at least yeah. one. In the court case, he did use one when they were like going to do the first scene in the courthouse, and he goes, "I want to slam dunk this oh, guy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I wish, um, I wish he had used more sports analogies while he was interviewing, like Jack yeah. Nicholson, where he 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 would say things like, "Did you or did you not?" Order a free throw. <laughs> You're goddamn right. I hit a home run. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I fucked it up. What was the red thing that a they code ordered? Red. A code red. Did you order a free throw of code reds? <laughs> That's what <laughs> would make more sense. <laughs> well, we we got to leave this in. We got to leave this. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. I like it. Oh, I like God. it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, because the, he had a baseball bat. He watched baseball a lot. He had a hoop. He was, he was a hooper. They do that in movies with characters where they they kind of show. I'm thinking I'm, exactly. I'm, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, this guy is so brilliant. He needs to kind of not. You know, he's he's thinking so hard about this murder case. If he just watches a bit of baseball, because there's a bit where he's watching baseball and you can yeah. see he's kind of he's not really watching it. He's just kind of thinking about the case or whatever. It's yeah. like he's so he's so brilliant. He he can barely turn off his brilliant brain. He has to watch baseball to to relax. And even then, he's thinking about the case. Yeah, I want baseball on this TV. I want uh, I want <laughs> I want golf on that TV. I want uh, tennis on that TV. I want five thousand boxes of stamps, and I want a big <laughs> merry-go-round in my bedroom. Now, give it to me. <laughs> it's like it's like. Can you imagine him in his uh, navy uniform? And but he's. In you know in Minority Report, but he's just watching. He's just changing the sports channels. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, Sorkin actually does it. He has this thing of like, um, he has to like show characters physically being like cathartic. You know what I mean? Like it working out, like re- like going through things, going through the motions, yeah, thinking and um, relieving stress, but also th- think breaking barriers of thoughts, but doing it in a way where they're walking around the room pacing or swinging a bat or fucking yeah. taking shots and throwing papers into bins and all that kind of stuff. Um, favorite quotes. We talked about a few of them already. You know, I like the whole, you know, I eat breakfast 4,000 yards from Cubans trying to kill me. Uh, that's a great line. I like the yeah. whole Kevin Bacon thing. The facts of the case are these. These are the facts of the case and they are indisputed. 
And then I do love the Tom, I've already said it, but the cruise line at the bar, you're a lousy softball player, Jack. It's just such a, it's such a cruiseism, you know, it's a great line. Uh, and then obviously there's the big ones, but I won't even bother talking about them because we all know the big lines from the movie. Um, what about you guys? Any, any, fa- any favorite quotes, quips? Uh, I like the very last line in the movie where he, he turns around, Tom Cruise mm. turns around to everyone and goes, I guess you could say you were a few good men. <laughs> that's my yeah. that's my favorite line. No, I, 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 I really liked um, the Kiefer Sutherland's, uh, the line yeah. I already said, whenever we have to fight somewhere, you guys always give us a lift. Um there's some funny lines at the beginning that I, I'd forgotten because it's one of those movies where I think when I've seen it on TV, it's been on for like 20 minutes and then I kind of jump in and w- watch it. Yeah. But at the beginning where uh, it's like his, his previous case, like he's a, a, a Navy, the Navy law version of Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. The, your man's kind of going, you know, this guy who bought a dime bag of uh, oregano thinking it was uh, marijuana. Yeah, and uh, Tom Cruise says, "What are you going to charge him with possession of a condiment?" Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's not—it's a herb uh, or herb, as the Americans say. But it's a funny line. I—I uh, I do like the way he says. <laughs> it actually makes me laugh every time. Where he goes, um, "You want me on that wall? You need you me need on that me wall. On that wall. <laughs> Son, we live in a world." that uh, has to be defended by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You. And then he goes, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. <laughs> Just the way, he says, <laughs> yeah. Weinberg. the way he says Weinberg. He says it with such disdain. It's so good. Yeah. Like. That, that was added in, I think, at a later stage because that was to emphasize that he was anti-Semitic. Oh, really? Uh... Yeah. So he's sexist, anti-Semitic. He's probably he's yeah. probably racist as well, and a murderer, and probably a racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. shout. I why else? Why else would he single out that guy? Weinberg. Well, I'm, Weinberg. Well, 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 he's the. I suppose, yeah, he, he's the. I mean, he's the only. He's the other guy on the on the defense. Um, yeah. Panel. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like it's almost like an insult the way he just he mentions Weinberg, but he doesn't mention Galloway because she's a woman. Yeah. And he's already, I mean, I've already, I already did the blowjob bit with her. I don't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would it please the court if I repeated the blowjob gag? <laughs> At the very start of the film, I think I was filled with so much, like the film really got me pumped for just sexism in the workplace that was just pissing me off. You know, what? towards the start, um, they're, they're, they're going in for a meeting and this, female officer who this is her only scene and just as they're sitting down to start the meeting one of the other guys just goes she's getting ready to say her first words any day now and she oh yeah this this woman just kind of goes ha yeah (laughs) and gives this nervous laugh i was like for fuck's sake like that happens all the time yeah i've been a lot i've been in so many situations like that and i've reacted in the past, I've reacted just like her. I've been like, ha, ha, yeah, ha, 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 ha okay, lads. Yeah, yeah. That just pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the point of that scene? Or the what What was the point of that part in it? Except to or just even, piss what was me the point off. of Kevin Pollock's character having a kid even? I know you have to give a bit of texture to, and a bit of um, wider context to what's going on around characters' lives, but like, 
Yeah. The whole Kevin Pollock and then walking, the, they're walking in, in, in the, in oh, the yeah. suburbs pushing And he really kid. struggles getting that child down the step. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I thought, I, th- I, it was like, and they, and I, I was kind of hoping that, um, because they had it on the wide shot, and then as they started walking towards the camera, it went in closer and closer. And I was like, obviously, like you know, the these are all like close ups, and the child was gone from this, and then it goes back out again, and he just like fucks the child down the step, like, <laughs> yeah. but like when you you're when you're pushing a buggy that you 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 know Trev Ed, you'll soon know, like you you lift up the buggy and you go down on the back wheels, yeah. and he just fucks it forward yeah, yeah, yeah. and the child's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. is there anything that we don't understand about the film like plot holes like poor exposition we already talked about I have a good plot hole here um, so when they go to the scene of the crime and they go they rip down the the arm the navy police line and they go in they just Go in with no gloves on and touch everything. the fuck out of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, who does that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's he's picking up his finger. He's touching yeah. the pillow. He's touching the Jesus blood. Jesus, a grand, tidy wardrobe there. Let me have a route through his shoes. Yeah. Lovely shoes. Just lovely watch there, isn't it? Jesus, still tells you time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. I, I just had... Um, you're right. James Marshall, he he played one of the there's two the, the, the two defendants. You've got the, the 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 guy who talks, and then the kind of the guy with the shaved head, who's kind of like the the, the kind of the simple kind of yeah, like the ten the ten year old boy who's somehow a marine kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just thought his character was a little too stupid, a little too simple, a little a little bit too much of an empty vessel. I know he yeah. was. They wanted to show. And one bit of criticism that the film did get was around like this was like coming out of post Vietnam era America where the military probably didn't have a great rep and they were kind of further kicking that bad rep down the you know down the line a bit because they were kind of showing how you know it's all about following orders blindly no matter what yeah. it's all about just following line of command it's all about these guys that are sexist bullies all that kind of crack um, and I yeah I thought that that character didn't really help that kind of stereotype of the kind of stupid young military kid that just like is all about God and country. And, and even at the end where he like, he didn't even know what was happening. He's like, I don't understand what's happening when, when he was given a, dis- yeah. a dishonorable discharge, the other defendant, uh, Wolfgang Bodison, he was actually Rob Reiner's location scout and they couldn't cast that. They were finding it hard to cast that guy. And Rob Reiner was like, oh. Hey, I want you to, do a screen test for me. Want to be in a movie? Want to be in a movie, kid? And he he knocked it out of the park. It, but it's like he's not like he's not bad in it. But it's weird because I I don't know if he's made anything since because I remember watching it. I was going, oh yeah, that this guy was actually pretty good. And yeah. then I was thinking, but yeah, I don't think I ever saw him in anything ever again. And also, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this movie. Could he not have played that part? Because Cuba Gooding Jr. comes in, he's like, he's got, there's one scene where he's just like, he answers a couple of questions and then they're like, all right, off yeah. you go, Cuba Gooding. Uh, yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right. Next. I thought yeah. it was a nice, um, 
I thought, you know, because he played, he had a cameo in Coming to America. I thought it was nice yeah. to see that he did, in fact, get a nice haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked yeah, like yeah, Eddie yeah. Murphy was just cutting his aura, but no, yeah, he actually, he actually <laughs> yeah, gave yeah, a, yeah. a proper haircut. Yeah, and then he joined, yeah. he joined the the military. Yeah, fair play. For drinking games, you actually said a great one already, Dre. Um, every time they say "sir," take a drink. I have every time Tom Cruise has a baseball uh, or a baseball bat should I say, in his hand. Um, but, you know, that's all I had. The the Star Wars Gunner, I I don't know, I, th- I think maybe, Ed, you might have said you have something for this. I, I have just like Santiago. If he doesn't decide... If he wasn't such a shit <laughs> yeah. Marine, they wouldn't have murdered him. Yeah, he wasn't such a stupid Marine, yeah, and he didn't write that letter. Well, if he didn't write that letter, basically saying he was going to, you know, do in your man, do in his buddy. Idiot. Then, yeah, like, yeah. And then the guy who kills himself, JT Walsh. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a. He kind of reminded me, his um, the wardrobe for his, for that character. It's like somebody saw Apocalypse Now and really liked Harrison Ford's cameo in it <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. The, with with the big glasses. Yeah, yeah, and they just dressed him like Harrison Ford. Um, I, I, he's a bit of a gunner in it. I don't know, like Ed, what? Who did you have for this? I I couldn't really. I was thinking about it and I couldn't really figure it out, and I was kind of going, I mean, like. Maybe Fidel Castro, um, but I mean <laughs> yeah. he's not in the movie. But uh, if, you know, if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be a Guantanamo Bay. Who yeah. could Tom Hanks have played in this movie? <laughs> I think he. I think he could have played um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's in character. One hundred percent. In nineteen ninety-two, how how old was Tom? Was Tom Hanks in? Let me let me look at what he looked like here on my spreadsheet of sexy Tom Hanks. 1992. I was going to say, any excuse yep. for you to Google Tom Hanks, but you just have a folder with Tom Hanks. Yeah. He was, lo- he was looking good years. in 1992. Yeah, I mean, that was around, that was like Sleepless in Seattle era. Oh, It was like a year ideal. before that. C- could he have played the Kevin Pollock part, or would that have been, he'd he, he been too famous for that? Well, like like Ke- like Kevin Bacon is is kind of slumming it in his role. Yeah, like a good supporting role. Yeah. Um, I think Kevin Bacon's character would be Demi a nice... Moore? <laughs> he could have played Demi Moore, yeah. That would have been... <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a woman, um, he would have played it as a woman or he would have just... They would have just gender-swapped it. I had no women... Just, just have no it. women in this movie. A few good men... <laughs> a few speak... good men and a little lady. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, Tom Hanks then, like, so that was made in 92, right? Uh, a League of Their Own came out in '92 as well, oh. and but A League of Their Own was filmed a couple of months before A Few Good Men, and Demi Moore was meant to be in A League of Their Own, but she was too heavily pregnant to be in the movie, so she had to pull out, and then she'd given birth, and then she'd just been a couple of months postpartum when she acted in A Few Good Men. So there's the, there's a the, there's a bit of a Tom Hanks connection there. So product placement. I didn't really have anything here. All I had was, I don't even know what the, the character is. The military. I didn't Google it, but the military. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I had. To, I don't know what the car is, but his his um, his sports car that he drives. Like, Oh, yeah. It's really like I know they're trying really to. old. Yeah, but it has like the floppy lights. Like it's like kind of semi-futuristic. You know, it's got the beetle, the beetle lights that kind of come out from the bottom. Oh, yeah. um, and it just looks, they kind of do something. They're trying to make you hate Tom Cruise at the start of the movie. Like he's too flash, he's too suave, he's got it all sorted yeah. out. 
he's this kind of like he never has to go to trial because he's the plea bargain king. He he you eats know, apples in meetings. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like whatever that car, it, it got a bit of spotlight but in the movie. It's in a, it's in a lot of scenes. I think to, to its credit, though, Trev, I think the fact that there isn't really any kind of product placement in the movie mm. Mm. is another thing that helps the movie not age as other movies would. Yes. Even the clo- like, I don't know, I, the fashions in it didn't seem that of of their time either to me. I don't know the. Because there's no, the, yeah. no one's wearing. You don't know well, anyone well, wearing in, Nikes or. But they're anything. in. They're in military outfits. They're in. Costume. But when they're in, they're when in they're in their like the civilian whole. clothes as well, they, they didn't seem yeah. very kind of early nineties. I think again, if this was set in in Ireland, and Colin Meany was uh, <laughs> in the Jack Nicholson part, when they're in their civvies, they'd look. They'd have these horrible stonewashed jeans from <laughs> pennies that yeah, would look yeah. like. Manky and knitted jumper with di- with diamonds on it. Trev's triv, yeah, here we go. Laying the baseline. Ed, can I get a bass? Dre, can I get a? Can I get some violins? Trev's triv, yeah, we're gonna sing it now. Trev's triv, yeah, we're gonna play it now. Trev's triv, yeah, we're gonna say it now. I say it, that means it's a fact. Even if I'm making it up, it's definitely a fact. It's Trev's triv, yeah. Yeah, I sorry, Dre. I gave you the complicated thing. Like I'm like Dre, Ed. You do a beat, like a bongo beat. Dre, you do strings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ed, you do, yeah. you do bongos. Dre, you do a 48 piece yeah. orchestra. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that I actually did notice in the rewatch, and I didn't then Google this to make sure I was accurate in my in my observation. Aaron Sorkin has a cameo yeah. in the movie. He's at the yeah. bar, and yeah. I did. I th- that's something that I never noticed before because obviously when I saw it for the first time and maybe second, third time, it's only in the last couple of yeah. years that you know, I suppose since the West Wing, that Aaron yeah. Sorkin has become someone who I would recognize in in a movie. Yeah. But yeah, he's got yeah, he's a little cameo as a some some law dude talking to some woman at the at the bar. Um. Nicholson would later comment on because <laughs> he Nicholson was the Nicholson was the the best paid guy on set and obviously it makes sense he's he's Jack Nicholson you know he's you know he's a, at that point I think he'd won two Oscars and you know hey he's one of the, the greatest actors to ever live at that yeah. point um and in an interview they asked him about the five million and he said it was the it was one of the few times when I would say it was money well spent. <laughs> it's such a very, <laughs> such a cocky thing to say about yourself. Um, what else do we have here? Let me see. I, I like I like the 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 story I read when I was kind of reading up on the trivia around the movie is when they shot the last scene, and he's on the stand, yeah. and they shot Jack Nicholson's stuff first, but the you know the camera on him, and then they turned turned it yeah. around to get you know tom cruise and everyone else's all the you know all the other shots and they did it like like 40 times and jack nicholson did his lines on set even though the camera wasn't on him like every time for everyone else and like about 20 or 30 takes into it they were like you know jack you don't you don't have to do this you and and his response was yeah i love to act (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's, it's lovely amazing. like yeah um while filming this the scene where kendrick uh, so sutherland's character 
is uh, driving the group around uh, the base. Kiefer Sutherland didn't have the best experience of driving kind of like Jeeps or any kind of extra wide vehicles. And he actually hit a couple of Marines <laughs> on multiple takes while he was driving around the base, which wow. is like, banana. he hit people. He actually hit, like, like, hit people on the road in the Jeep, which wow. is fucking crazy. Um, people that were almost cast, Jason Alexander was supposed to play Pollock's character, but there was conflicts with Seinfeld, so he couldn't do it. Demi Moore was supposed to, um, like, she, like, sorry, she was in it, but she was supposed to get paid $3 million, but then there was competition from Jodie Foster and Linda Hamilton for the role. Mm. And Demi Moore, with her agent, went back and said, look, if, if we can just say this is a done deal, she'll do it for $2 million rather than three, because she just she needed a good movie because she was off the back of three See, or four the, complete flops. That, that to me, shows the sign of a true artist to say, no, 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 I won't take three million for this. I will do this for a lowly two million. That, <laughs> yeah, that is how million. much I'm willing yeah, yeah. to sacrifice for this movie. Yeah. Fair play to her. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Tom <laughs> yeah, Cruise yeah. got a couple of million. But that's the thing. You, you, bec- nah, probably four, I'm guessing, if Nicholson got five. Yeah. He was the, Nicholson but, was the but like yeah, that, I mean, that's where you yeah. spend your money. You spend your money on really really good actors to deliver this really great script because you because you don't have any yeah. bells and whistles so you, yeah you need your jack nicholson's i i i read as well you you probably you maybe you're going to say it next the alternative casting for uh the jack nicholson role because in my head i was like uh go, well no one else but jack nicholson can play this part but then initially mm. they went for gene hackman but he couldn't do it because he was making uh, Unforgiven. And he went on to win the Oscar front to beat Jack Nicholson for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, wow. But but Gene Hackman 100% could have played this role and done a, done a he fucking could have. great job as well. Yeah, I think of Runaway Jury. I think of um, even his kind of persona in... Like enemy of yeah, the state, yeah. like that kind of like narky old guy. Um, yeah, no, he would, he would have, he would have nailed it. Uh, Richard Dreyfus was also um, teed up to play uh, oh. Jessup. He was really, re- yeah, he was really pu- He was re- <laughs> only because he was pushing so hard. It was more him pushing yeah. in the studio, and his name kind of got him in to a certain, you know, I mean, to a certain it, point. It, but he 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 seen the play and he just yeah, to like I guy. mean, I think he's got yeah. the kind of colossal prick kind of side down because he does seem like yeah. a little bit of a of a dick but he's a bit too he d- he doesn't have the yeah. grab i mean he's a little too kind of small and he's too much of an everyman kind of character yeah he's not yeah. he's not larger than life he, like he's no he's no hackman or yeah. nicholson uh rob right it is actually my favorite trivia rob reiner invented the walk and talk so Aaron Sorkin's trademark Pe- kind people, of thing. People where, used to just sit and talk before Rob Reiner came around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's shoot this in two big wicker <laughs> yeah. chairs. Yeah, Rob Reiner was the monolith yeah. that, that, that came down and <laughs> got uh, apes to start using tools. Uh, no, Aaron Sorkin's trademark of showing like two characters walking down a hallway, moving towards yeah. the camera as the camera kind of walks backwards and shows them. Uh that whole kind of 
style there was basically a scene between calf and ross um, and it was written with them with the intention of them 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 being in an office talking back and forth and rob reiner was was reading the script and in an effort to create more kind of action on the screen because the film was so dialogue heavy based on a play uh, he changed it that that, yeah and exactly and he wanted to show Mm. momentum and he wanted to show like as the story was progressing as the, the 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 trial and the story around the trial was progressing, he wanted to have characters, you know, in motion as well. So Rob Reiner was the guy who said to Sorkin, "No, no, make it that they're walking." And and he did it a couple of times in the movie to the point where Sorkin then wrote that style into his further scripts that we then saw in the American President and Sports Night and the West Wing and all that mm. stuff. So, but Rob, but Rob Reiner, like I was looking at an, an interview with um, Sorkin, and he really, really like. The respect that Sorkin gives Rob Reiner, you know, d- during the whole creative process, because Aaron Sorkin was like 27 when he wrote um, A Few Good Men mm. to play. So he was still kind of a young writer, very young. And that was only his, the second play he'd ever written. Yeah. And then when Castle Rock came into play with making the movie and Rob Reiner got involved, like now Sorkin is like early 30s so he's kind of evolved and he's like you know he's he's a lot more well not a lot more but he's a little bit more mature but Rob Reiner used to bring him in like to his to his office almost every day and like like micromanage the the, the, the script rewriting process to the point where like if Sorkin was saying oh, Reiner would say okay what's happening today and Sorkin would start reading at the script and he'd say you know Jessup walks into the scene and he says you know Hi Ross, how are you? He goes, <laughs> or whatever, whatever this, the opening scene is. Reiner would just say, "Wait, wait, wait! Why are they saying hello to each other? Do they not know each other? Like, what's the point?" Like, he 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 would he would really just ask these really stupid questions, yeah. but he would he he would like the way Sorkin was putting it was that like Reiner would like totally visualize the entire movie in the mind's eye as he was reading the script. And that's something that Sorkin probably didn't do at that point of his career. He was just writing dialogue and writing back and forth and he's yeah. all about the plot where he, he never appreciated like visualizing the movie. So yeah, Reiner. And look, sure. I, I think Reiner is a fucking hugely underestimated yeah, director Yeah, well. I mean, we haven't really talked about Rob Reiner at all uh, th- throughout this. Yeah. But yeah, like I mean, his his body of work is so varied and diverse. diverse. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Spinal Tap princess bride but then he does yeah. misery and he does a few good men stand by me you know yeah, yeah he's like stand he, by me yeah harry met sally yeah. one of the best like the, the, the one of the definitive romantic comedies yeah. like you know very very yeah. talented uh, director one star reviews so before we walk down that road towards the vault with the vault keys dangling on my belt <laughs> And I have that kind of lanyard zippy thing with attached to the <laughs> yeah. keys and I go whoosh, and stick it into the lock and turn the key and we make a decision on whether we're putting this film into the vault or not. We like to look at the, the people of the IMDb user community to see what they have to say, um, particularly in the one star section. So I have two reviews that I'm going to read through here. Um, first one is from Nathan Ferrigro. Um <laughs> Uh, the title of the one star review is absolutely impossible, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, always a good start. Uh, and and the first word is is first comma. So it's like he's he's about to unpack some uh, some truth bombs uh, to the makers of a few good men. So first, a lieutenant colonel 
would never question a superior in front of a junior officer, if ever. Second, a colonel would never order a code red, as if a name other than Blanket Party exists. I had to Google Blanket Party, but that's what they did in um, in Full Metal Jacket, yeah. the whole kind of like waking somebody up and, you know, you know basically a code red. The whole premise of the code red is ridiculous. Obviously written by a civilian that never... Now the fact that he's saying yeah, yeah. civilian now, you're getting that this guy is from a military background. Yeah. Obviously written by a civilian that never served in the arms for... Is this Kiefer Sutherland's character writing this review? <laughs> uh, those were the points that stuck in my craw. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase been used in a movie review before. This is what stuck in my craw. What else do I need to add in order to reach the 10 lines of text? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, this guy was struggling with the fact that you have to have a minimum user, a character count when you're writing these <laughs> reviews. Oh, really? <laughs> so it doesn't let you hit save unless it's so many lines long or so many characters okay. long. So like in his, in his review, he says, what else do I need to add in order to reach the 10 lines of text? Um, <laughs> the acting was bad. Oh, sorry. The acting wasn't bad. Just too much overacting by that hack Cruz and that ham, John Joseph Nicholson. Jack is just the name folks use when they're too afraid to use their own <laughs> name. Or he wants to sound Why tough. Why afraid to <laughs> yeah, use yeah. his own name? It's such yeah, a yeah, weird yeah. name. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or he just wants to sound tough. Hence Hollywood tough guy name, Doug McClure. Why not Jack McTuff guy? Is that enough? <laughs> <laughs> now I risk offending folks because I've had to write filler. <laughs> Did I need to put a 50-minute fight scene or a love story in this review? Question mark. And that's it. <laughs> so like, he was basically talking about like how much more do I need to re to write in this oh, review oh, in yeah, order okay. to be able to yeah. save it? So he's saying. So he's saying like, is that enough? Question mark. Now I risk <laughs> offending folks because I had to write some filler. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's like some. It's like someone from like high up in NASA watching Star Wars, going, you know, first, yeah, if an yeah. explosion was to happen yeah. in the vacuum of space, you would not hear it. Let alone what your <laughs> yeah. what your robot was saying to you about the shields or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, next review. Flak Jacket 9, March 2014, writes, A few good eyebrow close-ups. <laughs> Wait, what's his name? Flak Jacket. <laughs> Flak Jacket 9. Fuck. Like... As if there was like eight other flak jackets on fucking IMDb. <laughs> I doubt it. Well, there probably was. Um, That's why we had first. to go with flak jacket nine anyway. Yeah. Well, possibly. Yes. Correct, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first, let's start with Jack Nicholson. He simply plays himself. A mean, slightly deranged, demented and angry version of himself. <laughs> so, no. So, he's not... A, so, <laughs> so, he's not himself. So, he's acting meaner, more deranged, tech. demented and so, angry. You know, so, what he's saying is Jack Nicholson is playing himself. But himself, if he was completely different and in the military. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. acting like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leon, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio was just playing himself in that movie. If he himself was J. Edgar Hoover, yeah. Demi Moore's role is totally pointless, sexist. Other than you can't have a Tom Cruise movie without a female in a supporting role. Well, yeah. okay. Uh, uh, anyway. I'm glad the screen I watched was only in 32 inches. 
even at that size, the constant, incessant series of close-ups of his eyebrows in bracket. Oh, oh, sorry, of his eyebrow in brackets singular, were so extreme one could count the hairs. I can't imagine having to witness his eyebrow on the big screen. But this film does leave food for thought. It makes you take a step back and ask yourself, why doesn't somebody buy Tom Cruise a pair of tweezers? Why doesn't he buy a pair? Why wouldn't an actor who makes millions not be able to afford a hot wax to clean things up a bit? Right. <laughs> to, to me, that's like, if, if you're watching a movie and you're only focusing on one of the lead actor's eyebrows, you're like some freak at a Punch and Judy show just staring at the strings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or the forearm yeah, of the puppeteer. Yeah, going, this yeah. is fucking, <laughs> this is shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. There's a man underneath that box. <laughs> we now arrive at the juncture. Like all few good men do. And we need to decide whether we're going to incarcerate Lieutenant, Colonel, Jessup. fucking whatever the, Jessup <laughs> or not. Um, no, it doesn't go into the vault or not. I, I love this film. I think it's it's Sorkin at a, it's peak Sorkin. Um, it it's it kind of sets like his movies and his style and this trajectory that kind of like you know took over like you know the nineties, you know the early nineties. Um, you know, without this, the West Wing didn't happen, or Studio sixty, or you know Sports Night, or the Newsroom. Or a social network like it, like this film really like like if this film didn't work he probably would have ended up just back on off Broadway productions or something yeah. who knows you know so there's a lot writing on this film and yeah it, it is one of his best and it we already said it like it's possibly one of the best courtroom dramas of all time because it pulls it gets you out of the weeds of the technicalities of of like you know the, of legal jargon and it actually just you know, it makes you just connect with the emotions of the characters and it, it, it emotion drives the whole movie. Great performances, great movie. It's got Brown's thumbs up as opposed to Brown's thumbs down, which rhymes. And I need to send some, I need to have, a, I need to get a, I need to get a phrase that rhymes for a positive. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm one of the few good men. <laughs> I will be putting this into the, I will be inserting my, my my key in the vault and turning it and slotting in a few good men into my vault. <laughs> Andrea, what about you? What did you what did you make? Do you do you think this merits inclusion in the vault? Well, I was very angered by all the <laughs> sexism in the film, all those disgusting comments that were made to Demi Moore by that pig of a man <laughs> but I had to take a step back and stop watching the film like my mother and <laughs> see it as a as a dramatic piece of art and not real people that are in my life that affect me and for that purpose I think it's a great film and it should absolutely go into the vault a top top class honours Edwin Salmon. I was going to say it all rides on you, but it all it, it doesn't, doesn't even matter. matter but no, no, uh, anyway. Yeah, I think um, uh, it's going in the vault. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it's one of those movies like, um, I mean, 
like Andrea, you were watching him for the first time, but you had like like everyone has you you'd yeah. seen the last scene or everyone knows what what happens in the very last scene of the movie um because it's so yeah. ingrained in popular culture but even with that it's the telling of the story that is the most watchable thing about this movie the way the story is told mm. and it's told very very yeah. well to the point to 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 the point where i'd even forgotten uh, a few little bits and pieces that sort of surprised me this time round, like when he he's looking for his baseball bat because he he needs to think, and she puts it in the closet and he goes into the closet and then he sees all his clothes yeah. hanging, and he makes that connection with Santiago not having packed up his clothes even though he was supposedly leaving on a plane five hours from from that yeah. point, and that like it's a really kind of simple. It's not about, you know, technical lawyer jargon. It's just yeah. a simple human thing. Why hadn't he packed? Common sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why hadn't he packed his... And I'd forgotten that from, from watching it before. There's not a lot in it that I would cut out. Just like I said before, the the newsstand guy. Maybe have different music in it, even though the music isn't that important. But yeah, a good a good solid watch. And it, it, it made yeah, me... It the the number one thing coming away from this is like I really hope that Tom Cruise acts in a movie not exactly like this but does something of this kind of quality where he's got a writer like Aaron Sorkin and a director like Rob Reiner <laughs> throw it in the vault Trev um, any closing <laughs> remarks Trey let's slam dunk this film into the bloody vault there you go it's a home run so there you have it better get a few chairs because there's a few good men in the vault next week we're going to watch independence day if you want to play along the movie is available on disney plus and other platforms i'm sure take a look at bill pullman being the best worst president ever portrayed on film anyway we'll talk about it next week in the meantime stay safe get your vaccination if you can and talk to you later because we didn't really sing at the beginning of the last podcast, I think we should sing this one. So while you're getting, doing the technical thing, Trev, Dre, will you join me in a, a chorus of the theme song to the movie we're about to do? A few good men, don't you dare kill that Marine. Stuff a rag in his mouth and he <laughs> dies later. He was Hold your breath, out. you won't get better. <laughs> he was flying out on a plane. Or am I insane? The plane never was going to have le, uh, Private Santiago on it. Could a medical condition cause him not to breed? Yes, he definitely <laughs> perhaps could. But I'm just a person who starred in a Spinal Tap. I'm not a real doctor. I'm Christopher Guest. Don't you dare take that stand. <laughs> I can get a confession. Tom, don't you get him Go on. for Jeffers if you don't think you're going to get it. Because I really love you. And that's the reason why I'm in this movie. <laughs> nice. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. 
Custom Ink is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Ink is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. Come.